a glimmer of light. The dark days are with us as autumn slides into winter. Gloom is deepened because of the shadow of the corona pandemic. It's going to be a very hard winter. Is there any light ahead? The prospect of workable vaccines gives us a glimmer of hope, but it's still dark. In the story of the Bible, there have been many dark days, and yet there is a glimmer of light, a tiny glint of light seeping into the darkness of the times. In these Bible studies, I want us to explore such glimmers of light in the biblical record. One of the places we will find a glimmer of light is in the book of Ruth, a little story tucked into the Hebrew scriptures, the Old Testament between the books of Judges and Samuel. It is a story about a young woman, an outsider who becomes an insider. It's a story about a tragedy that impacts a small family. It's a story which takes place around 1200 BC, set at the time of the judges, an uncertain, a chaotic time in the story of God's people. It is a story which is part of God's bigger story, his relationship with humanity. Of all the Old Testament books, the book of Ruth has more dialogue than narrative, storytelling. So we need to listen to what the characters say. In chapter one, the plot emerges. The book begins. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land and a man of Bethlehem in Judah went to sojourn in the country of Moab. He and his wife and his two sons. The name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife, Naomi, and the names of his two sons were Manion and Kilion. They were Ephrathites from Bethlehem in Judah. They went into the country of Moab and remained there, but Elimelech, the husband of Naomi, died, and she was left with her two sons. These took Moabite wives. The name of one was Orpha and the name of the other Ruth. And they lived there about ten years. And both Manion and Kilian died, so that the woman was left without her two sons and her husband. The famine, the story tells, in the land was so severe that one family spilled over the mountain border from Judah to Moab, just like so many families then as of now. They become refugees, which is a precarious existence. In in Moab, Naomi, wife and mother, loses her husband, Elimelech, and her two sons, Malian and Kilian, to death. This all takes place in the space of ten years. What a decade for that family can imagine the plight of Naomi. It is a tragic start to the story. Naomi is at a crossroads in her life. Does she stay in exile as a refugee in Moab? Or does she return home to Judah? She makes a call to return home. 
And the story, which was originally written in Hebrew, uses a word to turn back, which is used 11 times in the opening chapter. To turn back is not simply a U-turn, but a figure of speech, which signifies a mental, emotional, or spiritual reversal. The frequent repetition of the phrase, to turn back, alerts us to the role reversals play in this story of Ruth. The story begins at a time of famine, and yet the story ends at the barley harvest. The story starts with life in Bethlehem, which turns to death in Moab. The story focuses on Naomi, whose name means sweet, who in turn becomes bitter. Mara, she calls herself. Reversals. Naomi's decision to return to Bethlehem creates a dilemma for her daughter-in-laws, Orpha and Ruth, young widows from Moab, which is taken up in verses 7 to verses 18 of the first chapter. You may want to read that. Naomi's thinking in these verses is plain. There is no future for these young widows in Bethlehem in Judah. No, their future is in their homeland. And in spite of their protestations, eventually Orpha leaves her mother-in-law and returns to her people in Moab, whereas Ruth clings to Naomi. Listen to her reasoning in verses 16 and following. Her remarkable speech is full of very strong verbs. Listen. Do not urge me, Ruth says to Naomi, to leave you or to turn from following you. For where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. Naomi and Ruth slip over the border from Moab to Judah, and her hometown of Bethlehem, some nine kilometres from Jerusalem, is stunned by her return. Is this Naomi, the woman of the town, ask? Naomi's response is emphatic in verse 20. Don't call me Naomi, sweetness. Call me Mara, bitterness. For the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. I went away full and the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi? When the Lord has spoken against me and he has brought his calamity against me. We can well understand this outburst. Life has not been easy, been sweet for Naomi. She is still in shock, in grief. And she blames God for her situation, which is bleak and bitter. Is there any hope 
for these two destitute women? Is there a glimmer of light in their gloom? Naomi and Ruth are in the dark. They do not know how life is going to turn, to turn out for them. Again, the storyteller helps us in his writing. In chapters 2 and 3, a little word, to know, appears 16 times in the text. Look out for it. Ruth comes into the attention of Boaz, a man of substance, a landowner, and a distant relation to Naomi. Boaz knows the plight of these two women. And in particular, he knows about Ruth's reputation. Read that in verses 11 and 12 of chapter 2. All that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband has been fully told to me and how you left your father and your mother and your native land and came to a people that you did not know before. Ruth may be a victim, but she takes the initiative and works on the edges of Boaz's land, gleaning, that is, scavenging for food. And Boaz protects Ruth from the sexual harassment from his workers. And he allows her to glean and provides food for her and her mother-in-law. A glimmer of light. Boaz provides for these two destitute women. He becomes a food bank for them. And Naomi knows that Boaz is a close relation, one of a number of redeemers. We read of that in verse 20 of chapter 2. The term a kinsman, redeemer, in Israel was a relative who could intervene in securing family members from destitution. But not all of them took upon the recovery costs of redemption. Would Boaz step up to the plate? Would he be prepared to pay the cost and redeem and reverse Naomi's and Ruth's situation? In a traditional setting of the time, security for Ruth and her mother-in-law meant marriage. And once Naomi knew of Boaz's interest in Ruth, she has Boaz in her sights. And in chapter 3, hatches her daring and risky plan under the cover of darkness. There is to be a liaison between Ruth and Boaz on the threshing floor. The end to empty times. The glimmer of light comes with the dawn as a destitute young outsider from Moab, a widow, proposes to a wealthy man of substance, the kinsman, redeemer, the Jew, Boaz. Ruth is no gold digger. No, her reputation precedes her. She has come to the God of Israel under whose wings 
she came to take refuge. What a beautiful imagery. Jesus of Nazareth takes up that imagery when he looks at the plight of the city of Jerusalem and he weeps for its people and he longs that he would gather them. Where? Under his wings, a hen as a hen gathering her chicks for protection. In chapter 4, In the clear light of day, after the evening at the threshing floor, Boaz stakes his claim for Ruth and Naomi in the public square of Bethlehem. This man's dealing in the night and in the day are honourable. The legal formalities are settled with the elders of the town of Bethlehem. And the story ends with Ruth marrying Boaz. And a child is the result of their marriage. There's a little twist towards the end of the story. The women of the neighbourhood in Bethlehem, in verse 17 of chapter 4, declare a son has been born to Naomi, and they name him Obed. Ruth is not a surrogate mother, but Obed is the restorer of Naomi's life, a grandchild who will turn Naomi's life around. Naomi has a future, and Ruth, security for life. What a reversal in this story. And then, at the very end of the story of Ruth, we have a a short genealogy which seems strangely out of place. Read verse 18 of chapter 4. Now these are the generations of Perez. Perez fathered Hezron. Hezron fathered Ram. Ram fathered Aminadab. Aminadab fathered Nashon. Nashon fathered Salmon. Salmon fathered Boaz. Boaz fathered Obed. Obed fathered Jesse. And Jesse fathered David. What is this? Matthew, one of the gospel writers in the New Testament, begins his gospel, his story of Jesus Christ, with a very lengthy genealogy in which we read, And Boaz, the father of Obed, by Ruth, and Obed, the father of Jesse, and Jesse, the father of David, the king. Do you see it? Naomi, Ruth, and Boaz have a part to play in the great narrative, the coming of God to the world in Jesus Christ. Born where? In Bethlehem. Jesus, Saviour, the ultimate Redeemer, the one who restores us from all that enslaves and keeps us captive through his crosswork, his dying on the cross and his rising from the tomb. A glimmer of light. A sign of a lot 
More going on behind the scenes is evident in the story of Ruth. Ruth, a young woman who makes a considered choice to come under the refuge of God. Your people, she assured Naomi, will be my people and your God, my God. Ruth's firm faith in God let the light in. What would it take to open the door of your life to let the light in? Naomi too made a choice to return home from Moab. Her homecoming was a bitter experience and yet in Bethlehem the light of life began to seep into her closed and dark world. To reverse her circumstances, just take a look in your mind's eye at the light of love in Naomi's eyes as she nurses Obed, her grandson, on her knees. The God revealed in the Bible so often begins his light work at the darkest hour. He can be trusted, no matter how bitter our life's experience, no matter how dark they are. And Boaz, this godly man did the right thing. In a chaotic world, when everyone, it would seem, was doing their own thing, Boaz did the right thing by Naomi and Ruth. The light of God seeps into darkened corners when God's people, then as now, do the right thing and God redeems. The story of Ruth is set in Bethlehem, a small town on God's map. The significance of Bethlehem is in its very insignificance. In Bethlehem, we see a frequent tendency in God's ways. For God is prone to choose the insignificant, the obscure, the unnoticed, as the means through which he displays the brightest flashes of his light, of his glory. Bethlehem, Ruth's adopted home. Bethlehem, King David's hometown. Bethlehem, Christ the Messiah's birthplace. Philip Brooks' lovely Christmas carol captures the sense and the significance of this small town in God's purpose and plan for the world. O little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie above thy deep and dreamless sleep the silent stars go by. Yet in thy dark streets shineth the everlasting light, the hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. <laughs>